Nelson in looking for Garza backs on it in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Five Stripe Final. Jason Jones from Dirty South Soccer and the Mothership as well now. Uh, Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer and other places uh, is not here today. Uh, but we do have a special guest on the other line all the way out in Temecula, California. Uh, Alicia Rodriguez from MLS, from Angels on Parade, from SB Nation. She's all over the place, but she's very, very plugged in is with us. Hi, Alicia. Hi. Uh, how's it going today? It's going good. It's going good. I'm a little nervous about Friday, and I think everyone over here in Atlanta is because the team you have over there is just a, it's a juggernaut. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Real quick, I just want to talk about the numbers just to give everyone a pretty clear idea if you don't have it already. Uh, the goal differential right now for LAFC is 35. No one else in the Western Conference has as a goal differential that's in double digits. No one in the Eastern Conference really has it except a couple teams. It's Atlanta and NYCFC. They have a goal differential of 10. Uh, the expected goal differential is absurd for LAFC. It's just, it's just insane right now. Um, and it's not like y'all were bad last year, but something's definitely changed in year two, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think probably the biggest reason for that uh improvement in the goal difference this year is because of the defense. Um, last year, LAFC had this penchant for, you know, scoring three goals at once and then allowing three goals or four goals or, you know, something like that in the last 15 mm-hmm. minutes of the games. I mean, they, they like let lead slip time and time again last year. Um, they only made really one major change in the off season. Uh, they uh, brought in Eddie Segura, a center back from Colombia on loan. Um, although I expect they're going to be announcing, picking up his option any day now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, basically rolled with the, the same group that they had last season otherwise. And it's really made a huge difference. I think both Segura has been really strong, but also um, the other guys have just had more time to work together, um, kind of understand the system. You know, Bob Bradley uh, doesn't, really work with kind of a destroyer uh, defensive midfielder. So I think that took some getting used to and uh, his, his midfield band kind of, they take turns at um, winning the ball and, and do you know, pushing up into the attack and they kind of rotate around. And so I think that took some time. So this year with the defense, like in, in better sync and understanding kind of what they need to do a lot better. uh, They've been dramatically improved. And uh, I think that that, you know, obviously the attack is doing really well too, but I think that the defense is really kind of that like uh, lattice that they've built this, uh, you know, kind of absurd goal differential on so far this season. It, it seems like the defense really kind of feeds into to the attack as well with the counter press that they've been implementing. It, it's just insane. It feels like me and Joe were talking about this uh, earlier in the week, but it, it feels like there's 15 people on the field at a time. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive because it's the kind of thing where, you know, if you had like, let's say you had seven players like pressing really hard, but you had kind of your attackers just sort of walking around up top, then, you know, there there are some cracks there in that kind of system. And, and one thing that's been really impressive is to see Carlos Vela, a player who I think picked up a reputation in, in Europe for being kind of lazy and um, 
you know, not the kind of person who's going to put in the dirty work. I mean, I have not seen anything to indicate that since he's come to LAFC and, you know, he's a guy that'll like track back 70 yards and, um, you know, actually do a halfway decent tackle uh, when his team needs him to do it and, you know, stuff like that. So he gets all, he, I think his example helps all the players make sure that they're working hard in defense. And so when you have all 10 outfield players uh, pressing on the opponent, um, you know, good things can happen. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been pretty impressive to see for sure. It's something that I think we've talked about in Atlanta a little bit and, and something that Frank DeBoer has talked about with, with defense starting at the top. And it's something that we haven't quite seen the effort from a few players, Cough, Pity Martinez, Cough, um, who just maybe haven't been doing that same kind of deal. Uh, but, but it really seems like the, the collective just comes together for LAFC. And it's, it's so intimidating. One of the things I think that kind of bodes well in y'all's favor for this is just that that counterpress has always given Atlanta difficulty against teams like Red Bulls. Uh, and Red Bulls are playing guys like Brian White, who were just out of Duke a couple years ago, right? This is a really, really talented team implementing the same stuff. And it's, it's horrifying. Uh, you, you talked about Vela, uh, 12 goals and, or 21 goals and 12 assists already on the year. That's, that's absurd. That's what Diego Valeri had in his entirety of his MVP year a, a few years ago. It, it's insane. Um, how have y'all kind of, uh, helped integrate Vela into it seems like everyone seems really comfortable in MLS now right like it, there's no um, expansion team lag going on anymore yeah certainly not um, I think one of the things that you know I had mentioned earlier that Vela picked up this reputation for being like a luxury player somebody who really didn't care about soccer you know somebody who was like oh if I have to you know that that kind of thing and um I wouldn't say necessarily that maybe all that was wrong in the past, but I'll say that in the present, I don't see any of that whatsoever. Um, he's a guy that he's naturally reserved and introvert. Um, but he knew that when he signed with LAFC, he'd have to be the face of the franchise. And, um, I think he did a really good job of doing that, uh, like the first year and a half basically. And then I think this year, I've sensed a little bit of a change um, more that he's really locked in on, on trying to be the best player in the league. And, you know, people made fun of Bob Bradley for trying to compare Vela to Lionel Messi and, you know, you can be messy. I, I know you can. And um, you know, he, like people thought that Bradley was being pretty ridiculous, but um, I think it's kind of worked, you know, like I think he's actually pushed the right buttons and said, you've never shown your, your full potential and now is your opportunity. Like, don't let this, this, you know, go to waste. And Bill has really been doing a good job with that. And then on top of that, I get the sense, I don't get the sense with him that, um, you know, he's aloof from his teammates or he's, he's the guy that gets special treatment. Um, mm-hmm. he, he seems to fit in really well with his, uh, teammates. He gets along with them I mean, there's been a few times this season where he's passed up like certain goals for himself in order to try and feed his teammates. And in some cases they scored, in other cases they haven't. And sometimes you're like, oh, I wish you would just bury that one, you know, like just keep keep that foot on the pedal. But um, on the other hand, it's nice to see him want to get his teammates involved and make sure that they're uh, in good form and hoping that if they score a goal or two, you know, they can really get off the mark too and, and kind of lessen that burden for him a bit as well. 
it seems like he, he's done a pretty nice job of setting up everyone uh, because, I mean, it feels like everyone on the field can score at just about any single time. You, you have so many quality attacking players. You've got Rossi there with 11 goals, Adama Diamande with six, Mark Anthony K with four, and you can just kind of keep going down and, and see a pretty long list of folks that have been able to find the back of the net this year. Uh, but something I did want to talk about is – it's interesting to me going into this that the moods are almost not what we expected at all kind of two weeks going into it. I think in Atlanta, we were freaking out, right? There there was this idea that Seattle had just run over us a little bit and there was no direction for this team. But all of a sudden, two big wins for us and this fan base is you know right back on their high horse and inventing soccer and all that kind of thing. Um, but... LAFC comes into it after a loss to to their biggest rival. Uh, has the mood kind of dampened a little bit over there? Is there any kind of – I can't imagine there's worry or anything like that, but what is the kind of feeling around the team after uh, Zlatan kind of goes off on them again? Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of trepidation. Um, you know, it's one of those It's like, okay, was the, the loss against the Galaxy a blip or is the team starting to kind of wear out and – you know, are they going to be in some kind of decline? Now, having said that, I think there's also the memory of last season's meeting against Atlanta on LAFC Mines. I mean, Atlanta just, I think it was LAFC's third or fourth game ever, but I mean, they just mm-hmm. played them off the field entirely. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's fairly fresh in the mind as well, that um, even if Atlanta maybe has had a few bumps over the course of the season, there's still not a team to be trifled with and not one that you can just sort of show up and expect to, to win. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the fallout from the rivalry loss is going to be pretty interesting. I think if it had been a, a loss against pretty much any other team, you sort of say, well, that was a tough game, but oh, well, you know, it happens. Um, I think against the galaxy, uh, you know, we're seeing like, um, you know, fans kind of turn on, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just sort of letting out, letting off some steam right now, I guess is how I would put sure. it. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, frustration over Mohamed Al-Munir who mm-hmm. finally got into the lineup, uh, in the past several weeks. And, um, he's been looking pretty good actually. And then he ended up with a skull fracture from, Zlatan uh, elbowing him and uh, it doesn't look like, you know, it's not life threatening. I don't think. And I actually don't think he'll probably be out for too, too long. You know, it's not like he's, I hope I don't, I don't right. it doesn't look like he's going to have to retire, you know, anything like that from it, but still it was a scary injury. And I think it sort of set people uh, alight again. And so they've been like really kind of doing flame wars on Twitter and that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> over that, over the law. So um, all of this is to say that I think there's a lot of weird energy right now. So I think if anything, it would be nice to get the game underway and see what happens. And then we can kind of move on from there um, because I don't necessarily expect that the team is going to be uh, hung over from the loss, but the fan base, I think maybe needs something else to kind of key in on, uh, you know, pretty soon. So hopefully They'll be uh, locked in on Atlanta in the next day or two. It's strange to have a weird feeling going into what's probably rivalry excluded, probably the, the biggest game of the year just about for, for both these teams, uh, just as far as the, the nature of, of the matchup and how both teams, you know, you have the MLS champion 
coming in against a team that's very much poised to, to blow apart any Atlanta records that might have been set. Uh, and uh, have that be kind of uneasy is really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I can't imagine LAFC comes out flat for this, but still, you know, maybe maybe that 5 nothing loss is in their heads, even as weird as it was. Um, I'm looking at it now and remembering that there were three goals after the 88th minute and that one and two of them are penalties. Um, so it, it's a super interesting matchup to me. Um, is there anything else besides the, the El Manir injury that, that Atlanta folks should kind of be aware of as far as missing players or anything like that kind of going into it? Um, typically the team is not uh, too forthcoming with, you know, sort of knocks and, you know, s- strains and that kind of thing and, um, mm-hmm. until they release the injury report. And then, of course, I think we all know in MLS, teams don't actually have to be 100% accurate in their injury reporting anyway. Um, so once in a while, something will sneak through. But uh, generally, LAFC is pretty honest with their injury reporting. But um, at this stage, I haven't heard of anything that would indicate that there's anything else going on. Um I think uh, with El Munir being out, I mean, I would totally expect that Jordan Harvey is going to be starting at left back, which he's been doing most of the season. And even though he's uh, getting up there in age, he's been really good this this year as well. That's partly why El Munir didn't play until pretty recently. So mm-hmm. hopefully he'll be fresh enough to, uh, you know, to go for the rest of the season or at least for several more weeks. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think you're probably going to see the the regular first choice lineup, uh, you know, unless there's a, a surprise injury in the buildup. Um, I'm not sure about a uh, central striker, if it's going to be Adama Diomande or Christian Ramirez, the two have been platooning this season. I think Ramirez probably does a little bit more as far as like defending, working in the buildup. Um, but Diomande is really good at, at linking up with his teammates and, um, as long as he, there are games when he and Vela run into the same space and they don't, they don't play very well together, but then there's other games where they play great together. So it's just a matter of which one of those games it is. But one of the funny things is, um, LAFC fans have been saying all year that the third DP, um, needs to be a striker and the rest of the league is like, that's ridiculous. But, um, I think if you sort of see kind of the the pluses and negatives of Diomande and Ramirez this season, they've both had really good moments, but they've also had some really bad moments, um, relatively speaking. So uh, I I think the rest of the league kind of scoffing at the idea that LAFC could use a a scorer um, is, you know, it's sort of like, it sounds like um, greed, but it's not, you know, it's coming from a place of like justification, but Having said all that, I think both of those players who are currently uh, on the team, I think either one could, you know, turn up to to score a vital goal at any time. So um, I don't think that there's necessarily anything that's really separating them at the moment. But it could be either one of them. But I think otherwise, you can predict the rest of the group. You know, the other ten, it's it's pretty much locked in. I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, no matter the the personnel, I think the blueprint is, is very apparent for how to to beat Atlanta in these kind of situations. It's the same thing that the Red Bulls have done to us since since literally the first game in franchise history, and it's essentially just to press them off the entire field. Um, it, it's probably gonna happen, is my gut feeling on this game. Uh, but I, I'm interested to see what you think about um, it, the games where LAFC 
has struggled. We know the ones Atlanta has struggled over here, but the ones with LAFC that maybe aren't Zlatan based, like the uh, the Colorado game that they somehow that seriously losing to Colorado is the most inexplicable thing that's happened all year. I think in MLS, uh, it may, still makes no sense to me. But uh, what have the games been like that have been frustrating for for LAFC, uh, and how do you think Atlanta can kind of apply that? Well, I'd actually say that I think the most inexplicable loss was to Vancouver. Um, which, oh my gosh, did that happen? Yeah, it was their first win. I think maybe they've won twice or three, three times since then. That one was actually weirder. I think Colorado, they're not a great team, but I actually think they're pretty good now. Um, they're not like embarrassingly bad anymore. But I think the basically the losses for LAFC have come in kind of two chunks. The first chunk is the Vancouver and Colorado losses. And what happened in those games were Bob Bradley rotated uh, a fair amount, either because of fixture congestion or because uh, international duty. And, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. Um, and in both cases, I think the players who came in just weren't up for it. You know, like I think it was the difference between like LAFC may have an extremely possibly historically good first 11, but maybe if you get past like the 13th or 14th man, maybe not, you know, like maybe they're just kind of MLS level at that point. Um, and then the other group of losses, there's been two other losses on the season, the galaxy loss last weekend. And then, uh, I don't know, 10 days before that in the open cup against the Portland Timbers. Um, and those games were games where LAFC played basically their first choice, uh, 11. And I think I'm a little bit concerned. I think there's a, a, a bit of, of concern on the part of the fan base that, uh, LAFC may not be able to get up for the the biggest games. And that that's also why I think Atlanta is kind of a worry because even though it's a regular season game, it, you know, there's no playoff stakes on the line here or anything like that. Um, we know that it's a big, a big opponent and somebody that, you know, you want to beat obviously. And so there's a little bit of concern if, if LAFC roll out their, their top lineup, um, and the opponent is motivated and is up for the game and, um, you know, really kind of punches them in the mouth. Are they going to be able to take it? And, um, you know, all, all things considered, having just four losses across all competitions, you know, that's nothing to scoff at. Like, that's really good. But there is a little bit of worry that, um, you know, I think in particular, even though it was a rivalry game, I think the Galaxy loss was was worrisome because, the Galaxy have been very like laid back all season in their approach, and they basically were ferocious against LAFC. And LAFC have been the team that have had that ferocity against all other opponents all year, and they were really caught off guard. And um, that's a big concern, you know, if you can't really match that intensity with your opponent, even if it's uh, an opponent that's really good, but, um, you know, is giving it a little extra. If, if you can't match that, then you're going to lose in the playoffs. You're going to lose elimination games in the open cup and that, you know, you're going to lose kind of marquee matchups against, uh, other top teams. And, um, for me at this point, that's, I think the biggest concern. I, I don't think we've seen Atlanta get to, to that level of ferocity that you're talking about all year. It's been getting better the last couple of games, like I said, but I, I just don't, I don't know if it gets kicked into a higher gear. I mean, I hope it does, but I don't know if it gets kicked in that higher gear uh, this, this uh, Friday. I'm really interested, though. Uh, Alicia, thanks so much for your time. 
before you leave, can we get a score prediction? Okay. Um, I'll go for two to one LAFC. I think it'll be a tight one. Okay. I, I think less so, but again, I'm a pessimist. I don't know. I'll go three, nothing LAFC. And we can, we can check back later to make sure that, uh, that we got it right. But uh, again, Alicia, I, thank you so I'd much. I'd happily let you have a 3 0 win. That, that, I mean, you know, on your prediction, that would. <laughs> fine by me. Gosh, I don't know. It'll, like I said, very interesting. Not quite sure what's going to happen. Uh, two teams kind of trending interesting ways right now. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Alicia, any, any place you want to plug, anywhere they can find you after this? Yeah, sure. Um, so I cover LAFC for Angels on Parade, um, part of the SP Nation Network. And then uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Soccer Musings. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, uh, and good luck to you Friday. Yeah, thanks to you as well. Appreciate it. Have a good one.